Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome back to the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. It's been kind of a while since we've had one of these. Um, Steve, that you on the line there? I am right here. Good to hear. Uh, for those who may not know, this is Steve Brizendine, who's uh, the beat writer for MLSsoccer.com for Sporting Kansas City. Um, this is and that's who's joined me on the line. Me talking is Thad Bell from TheBlueTestament.com. Um, Kind of big news for Sporting Kansas City today, Steve. Uh, big trade, well, big as in name, not a lot of things moved, but uh, Sporting Kansas City signed or traded for Brad Davis, the uh, longtime enemy of Kansas Cityans. What do you think of that move? Uh, it's an interesting move. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Davis is a veteran, and uh, <laughs> to use the overuse the phrase gritty veteran, but that, that's him in a nutshell. He's a, a good left-footed set-piece presence. Um, obviously, knows sporting well, albeit from the other side for years and years. Um, it's an interesting pickup. I mean, it, there was chatter about this all the way back in November, and at the time, I thought, you know, really, is, are they going to trade for a guy that the fan base has absolutely loathed for years? But as as we know, they're going to do what they, what they think they need to do to make the club better, and uh, and trust the fans to come alongside if uh, if Davis can come on and and really help out the team. Uh, I think it's it's a pretty interesting deal in that they didn't have to give up uh, anybody that they've got on on roster right now. I mean, they've, they've what a second round draft pick in 2017 and a third round draft pick in 2018. That's not a lot to give up uh, for a guy with, with Brad Davis's name and accomplishments. So this could well turn out to be another one of those situations where they make a good deal for the, for the club. We'll have to see what happens this year. Crowds the midfield like crazy though. It, it, it does. Um, and like you said, they didn't give up very much for him. Um, one of the things that we will, it'll be probably quite a while before we actually find out, but whether or not they're paying a full salary for him or if he agreed to a pay cut or, you know, any salary details, because uh, there's always a possibility Houston might pick up a little bit of a salary like that's happened in in, in the past when Sporting's made some trades. Um, it, but, yeah, it's it's a guy who has a ton of experience, played majority of the game last year for Houston. Uh, I mean, could still play. He's not necessarily the prototypical Sporting Kansas City high-press guy, although he's done quite a bit of that, but they got him for almost nothing. Yeah, that's, uh, and again, uh, you look at Sporting's front office, uh, that's been a pretty solid model for them in, in terms of uh, the deals that they make. They've, they've given uh, given up guys who were maybe they were out of contract and they were going to get back, and they get pretty good value for them back, or they they trade a, uh, a Teal Bunbury who obviously has had really a lot of success in New England, but they they improved the the club through the draft uh, as part of that as part of that trade. Um, so the the front office has a pretty good track record of making deals that benefit the club without having to give up too much. 
Um, be interesting to see how this one pans out, but I think this, uh, if it, if it goes well, that's just going to be another mark in in the book for for them for being able to do that. Absolutely. Um, one thing that that uh, I mean, because Davis has been pretty much known for playing out wide and swinging the ball in for um, you know put on top of people's heads or uh, in the path of them running onto goal and stuff like that. But this last year, he actually kind of moved to the middle quite a bit. I went through quite a few of his games from last year through the heat map and where they started him and, you know, where he was at throughout the game. And he played pretty centrally a lot. So he could see some time more in the middle than out wide where we're used to seeing him. Yeah, we were doing some idle musing, you know, on on Twitter earlier after they announced the – the deal, you know, do you go to a four-man midfield with him as a – if you go to a diamond, do you go to a, to a straight across four with him as maybe the left central guy uh, where he can play uh, more centrally but still get out toward the left side if you, you still have Roger coming back from that broken sesamoid bone, if he's able to come out on that wide left spot. Or do you uh, – you know, do, you, do you keep in a four-three-three? With Benny on the on as as a more uh, centrally located guy, if Sony doesn't come back, uh, then who do you put out on the on the right? Do you put Zeus out on the right, and when, then what do you do with Roger? It's it's going to be really interesting to see how they get everybody in the same spot. We haven't even talked about Justin Mapp yet. What kind of a role is he going to play? Um, we've got a guy, another guy who's a veteran midfielder. Uh, they've got a, a team loaded with veteran midfielders right now, and I don't know. <laughs> Are they, they're tooling up for? I'm guessing they're tooling up for multiple competitions. Uh, everybody knows they'd love to have a double and, and to really go deeply into uh, CCL play. Although that wouldn't happen until the, the 2017 MLS season if they get through the the uh, the pool. But it's really, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with all of these midfielders, none of whom is really a true CDM, except you know they brought back Lawrence Olam. Uh, who's more of a true CDM, but they don't have if the new acquisitions. They don't have uh, a central defensive guy in the bunch. They're all guys who are more creative, get up in the in the attack kind of midfielders. So it's going to be is going to be midfield by committee this year. Is it going to be uh, okay? You're the you're the the cup guys. You're the cup and CCL guys. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. It, it is. Um, I, I mean, I could still see. I, well, I, I mean, obviously, this gives Vermees a lot of options and a lot of uh, choices on what to do, which which formations to play. But even if he sticks with more or less his traditional four three three, I mean, just as an example, he has he can put Nemo on the left, he can put Nemo in the middle, he can put Map on the left or on the right, he can put Zussi on the left or the right. Uh, Davis could play the wing spot on the left, uh, probably for a limited amount of games. Um, I I don't know how many games that we'll we'll see Map because he only played a few light games last year, coming off of injury. Um, you know, so we got to see if he's capable of playing a ton of games. But I think the part that I like about this the most is that it gives Peter a ton of different options. He can look at a team and say, "Hey, these guys are more vulnerable from the left side when they have X player and." playing left back or whatever, and he can move the guys around that he thinks is going to put them in the best position for that. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to play the same 11 guys for 30 games. Because 
he had a lot of different uh, format or had a lot of different lineups last year, but that was mostly because injury here, injury there, injury here, et cetera, uh, throughout the you know throughout the year. If he had the same in the past, if he had this, everybody healthy, he would start the same eleven guys pretty much every game. And then we see Benny at the end of the last year being rested. Um, maybe this year he will not have to start the same guys in the positions every day and give some guys some options and, you know, get them a few games rest here and there and everybody get games by doing so. That, I think that's that's one uh, that's one way to look at it because, you know, obviously he's talked about that before. If he can start the same guys 34 matches in a row, he'd do it. Um, he'd shuffle and shuffling things up, obviously for Cup and CCL. But if he could start the same thirty-four, same sorry, the same eleven guys, thirty-four straight matches in MLS play, he would absolutely do it um, because he likes that consistency. But there's not going to be that has been a downfall. Uh, pardon? I'm sorry, I'm sorry for interrupting, but that has been a downfall the last couple of years as we end up tired at the end of the year, and you know, you know, two years ago we had World Cup involved, and last year still a fair amount of injuries. But that seems to have been a downfall as you end up with your core players pretty tired and, you know, a little bit wore out, not a lot left in the, the, the big tank, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's, a, it's a real balancing act, especially as the nucleus of this club gets older. I mean, like Benny's 30. Uh, they bring in Davis, he's 34. Map is, held his map. He's in his 30s. Uh, he's been around forever, but he's he's in his 30s. Uh, Roger is is been around for quite some time. Uh, Beasler and Zussi are not getting any younger. I mean, Nemeth and, and Dwyer are still relatively young up top. But this is a team, Chance Myers, the right back, is not getting any younger. This is a team that's really um, it was a mature group, but you wonder how much they've still got left to, to put out uh, the kind of effort that they could put out, you know, a couple, three, four seasons ago in terms of, of being able to go uh, as high demand or to, to meet that high physical demand match in, match out. This has the feel to me of, of making a move to bring in a veteran guy, to bring in a couple of veteran guys in Matt and in uh, and Davis to make a real move at, at uh, trying to get that, that last step Toward uh, toward MLS Cup lockdown because I know that that uh, they really want another MLS Cup. Um, we were the last one in 20, 2013. Um, I mean they've been winning silverware, won the Open Cup again this last year, but they really want that uh, that MLS Cup again. They want that third star. So this this kind of has a feel of that. You know what's what are they going to be the steps that we can take to get over the top uh, to get that last push in and, and given the 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 market and the, and the budget that they have, what steps can they take to get that last push over the top and get MLS Cup? Yeah, that's that was kind of like that's along the thinking I was having earlier too. Is that this was uh, the that push because they know that they have an older team and they might need to revamp a, quite a bit next year. Um, you know, and then they they still have some younger players coming up, and you know they got some stocking stocking some players in Swill Park Rangers, and you know they can change a team up pretty quick, but. Changing that team up means that you have to retrain them to play the Vermees way. So that, that's the right. problem with just revamping the entire team over the off season. Because um, I, I, I don't know how uh, how many people can come in and just say hey, I'm sporting fit and I know how to press. Um, they have a, they have that that those younger guys coming up and you look at at, at Amadou Dia. 
you look at Saad Abdul Salam, uh, some extent Halsey, and, and, and name it if they can keep name it. I don't know how long they can keep name it. Um, you, know, you look at, at Dwyer again. How long his, after his current contract runs out are they still going to be able to keep him? They've still got some good young guys out there. Ike, if he can stay healthy, Ike Opar, if he can stay healthy, is uh, a potential to have a monster season if he can come back and, and pick up that form that he was in before he got hurt again with the, with that uh, that Achilles. So they've got good young talent uh, to to go on with veterans. But yeah, they, they do have a pretty aging core, and uh, the, so the, the clock is ticking. On, on this generation, and I think they'd like to get at least one more MLS Cup in the books before these guys start to, to age out and or cap out of the uh, of the of the roster. Because in, in MLS Cup, that's always look at Colin. Colin was a cap casualty. Uh, I have a feeling Davis was a cap casualty for uh, for Houston as well. Um, he, he said he he was had wanted the trade. Uh, or would like or have liked the trade to happen if it could, and it obviously did. Uh, but I, I still think that that's a that's a cap move in this league. That's that's always going to be something you have to keep in mind: is what can you what can you afford, what can you bring in, and how much can you get out of a, of a really good generation of players before they can't get that done anymore. Absolutely. Now, my understanding is this is the last year of uh, Davis's contract, so we we may have made a trade for a guy for just one year. Um, you know, who knows? He maybe he retires after this year. Maybe he goes back to Houston. Maybe he stays here. You know, you, you don't know. He could do almost anything. Uh, but this is, I think that's, that's the whole goal of this is that Davis thinks that Kansas city has a better chance to win it this year. Uh, Kansas city thinks that they have a better chance of winning it with Davis, regardless of what the fans loved him or hated him. Cause they know that ultimately, as long as he comes out and says the right things and he's wearing blue and, he hammers somebody in orange in the first game that he got. He has an opportunity to the fans will like him. Um, yeah, it'll yeah. take a little conversion there, but it'll take a moment. But it, the fans will fall in line pretty quickly. Um, well, the, 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 I, I think right. it's everybody knowing that. Yeah, you know, the, the fans want to win more than anything. No, the fans want to win more than anything. It just struck me as, as as crazy today. I was thinking there's a very real possibility that Brad Davis could retire in Sporting Blue, and that this just it sounds crazy on his face, but that's a very real possibility, especially if uh, if he comes in and they can can win one more ring this year. Um, what a note to go out on, you know, for him or me. He may feel he's got a couple more years to go as well. We don't, I, you know, didn't want to talk to him about that much. How many more years he wants to play? But he definitely wants to to come here and and try to win some more silverware, which was in, in, in actuality that's going to ha- that's a lot more likely to happen here than it is in Houston. Houston's going through that. That uh, that rebuilding cycle right now, and and I don't really see them in a major player uh, for any kind of cup this year. I could be wrong. This is MLS teams can turn around pretty quickly. See also uh, DC United a couple years ago, but I don't see that same kind of thing on the horizon for Houston. So I think it's this is his shot at getting one more uh, MLS Cup. Yeah, no, that's I, I agree. I think that's we're both we're both thinking that same thing, and it's it's that one. It, it's this needs to be the MLS Cup run year for both Sporting Kansas City and Brad Davis, and then next year fall off and retool and bring the new players and kind of start over the cycle again. Because um, but but you were talking about how how shocking it is that you know Brad Davis's last year could be in Sporting Blue, 
you know, that that's part of life in sports. I mean, how how horrible was it for Jimmy Conrad not to have his last year with Sporting Kansas City after so many years here? You know, that's what happens. Yeah, I, I would, in fact, that was the uh, something I actually brought up today. Seeing Brett Davis in, in, the, in a sporting kit is going to be like seeing Jimmy Conrad in that cheapest USA kit when he when he left Kansas City. It was just, it was jarring. You, you look at that and it's like, wait a second, that, that's just there's no, visually that's just not right. You know, when when Davey Arnault left the, uh, and went to Montreal, the first time you saw him in somebody else's kit. When Jack left and went to to Portland, first time you saw him in, in somebody else's kit. It's just jarring when you've got a guy who's been with one club for for such a long time going someplace else. Yeah, I'm not sure. If, I, I, with how long Davis was with Houston, I don't know if there's anybody that's going to be more shocking to see him in a different uniform than him at this point. Yeah, that's uh, that 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 really he's really kind of defined. Uh, and he really did define that club. I mean, Scrappy, maybe not always the most physically gifted, but they were always dangerous because they played hard, because they played that grind it out, slow the game down, look for set pieces, kind of ball that the Dom Kinnear was so good at putting together. They were never pretty to watch, ever. But they were extremely good at the kind of game that, that, that Dom wanted to play. And it, and they they had a lot of success with that. And I don't think you can uh you know, you can argue that, that he really kind of defined that kind of player. Uh, did what he needed to do. Uh he could ugly up a game and at the same time he could deliver that, that set piece right to somebody's head, put the, get the ball in the back of the net and there you have it. And that um that is one thing that sporting probably has never had as a guy that's has the same combination of willing to do the dirty work and at the same time be able to deliver a super skillful play two seconds later. I don't think we've had a player like that in, in my in, that I can think of that has that same combination of him. I mean, Davey Arnault was willing to cheap shot almost anybody at any time that they needed to be cheap shotted. Um, but he, and he had some skill, but he didn't have that, next level skill that Brad Davis can show at times. You know, you got somebody like Precky who can deliver a ball with his left foot anywhere in the world, but he was not gritty at least most of his career. Brad Davis kind of is that guy. It's, it's That's the guy we've never really had. Yeah. I, I think um, you would just see is, is you've got a guy who, who can do both. Now, to his defense, I think uh, Benny Failhaber did a lot, has done a lot better job of defending in recent years because he's had to. Because uh, that's what Vermees demands of his guys is, is defending and, and and making the tackles and, and tracking back, um, but it's not a natural thing to him. Davis, the the the, the I was say the grit, the, the the that sometimes yeah the chippiness, and just seems to come naturally. And at the same time, like you said, he's got that abs, that sweet delivery. Uh, on both on set pieces and from the run of play. And he stressed that today. He says, look, I'm not just a guy who does set pieces. I can deliver from the run of play. I can play inside. I can I can, I can, can do a lot more things than just stand over a free kick and put it where it needs to go. Um, I, I think if he if he unleashes all the stuff in his tool belt, uh, then he'll get minutes and he'll, he'll really help out sporting. I, we're talking about this again. What do you use him on set pieces? I would say use him on corners. 
and set pieces from like 40 to 25 yards. Bill Hubbard's more of a threat to score in a set piece because he's got that bend and, and then the, uh, the pace on the ball. But I think if you have a combination of, of a guy who with, with placement and, and a guy who uh, can either – Deliver a, a ball to somebody's head, or take a run, take a shot in the net uh, himself. That that presents some problems for opponents. You, you got to think that if you're a keeper on the opposing team, and there's a, a, a stop play, a set piece that's going to be generated from about 20 to 25 yards out directly up the center of the the field, and you see Benny Failhaber and Brad Davis step up to that ball, you're going, "Oh crap! <laughs> Which way do I defend this?" Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not going to be pleasant for uh, for opposing defenses, especially again if Opara comes back healthy, because they, then you've got a guy who's a massive aerial threat, and and depends mm-hmm. on how much playing time Kevin Ellis gets, you know, up in, in that in the middle of the of the defense, or if he just gets uh, some time at right back and gets up in the in the set piece mix this year too. I mean, he he had what four goals last year, the tops among all MLS defenders. They've got an aerial threat. Uh, you know, you know, par if he comes back healthy, and Ellis has shown that he can play a lot bigger uh, near the goal mouth than his size. So yeah, you talk about challenges that that's going to present for uh, for defenses. That's uh, that's not going to be fun for for opposing back lines. Yep, and then you got to wonder what uh, Abdul Salam will be able to do with his height when he's got a chance to be in there because he. I don't know that he was the big aerial threat last year, but that's something that they may have developed over time. Um, and then we still have yet another unknown player, at least one more out there that they've signed supposedly, and you know is waiting medical clearance and visas or whatever they are waiting upon to announce his name. Um, so we still have that other guy out there who was defensive-minded, but we don't know what he will be able to do either. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really going to be um, hear all the, the the talk. Well, why haven't they brought in another center forward? They've got a forward tandem that <laughs> I say if uh, if there had been some better finishing early on last year, uh, they, they, one of them could have contended for a Golden Boot again. And one is just dangerous every time he gets on the ball. Um, Dwyer is still, you know, he's he's still left foot dependent. He has scored his right, but he's still left foot dependent. But Namit is just, he's, he, I mean, he he's scary from wherever he's he is on the pitch. If he gets the ball in any kind of position to do something with it, they've got a good center forward tandem. If they want to go with a with a two forward setup, or even keep the four three three, I don't think that's the pressing need. Um, I, I still think that they need to get that D mid spot locked down. Um, whether it's Mustavar or, or somebody else coming in, um, who's that's in kind of, you know, human heat map, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, so they the, still the defensive mid spots for if they can bring Mustavar back. I think that's the best option right now. But um, I, I think that pretty much they've, aside from center back depth and. The, they uh, they're pretty well have addressed the needs that they have um, for next season. I mean, they're they're long on left backs. They're, they've got good depth at right back. They get everybody healthy at center back. Keep them that way. They're fine. I, I, again, I'd like to see at least one more quality 
um, center back option. Um, but I think that they're uh, they're in pretty good shape roster wise. We haven't talked about Jordy Cantia. I think he was coming on in a creative spot, in a creative role last year. I haven't talked about him at all. Um, so it's, it's, gonna, it's uh, haven't talked about Jimmy Madronda, who has keeps showing flashes. I don't and I, I just don't know where he's going to wind up on the pitch, and you know how much longer they're just going to let him keep showing flashes. Um, but I think they're in pretty good roster shape. The, again, they're just going to going to pass the off season without a big, a huge foreign splash signing, which again will drive the fans nuts because people like huge foreign splash signings. But I don't think there's that that many pieces missing that they really had to 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 look to try to to uh, to address. Well, in talking about that huge foreign splash signing, uh, the problem when you have that is you really never know how they're going to perform in this league. I mean, some guys come in and perform extremely well, and some come in and and wither under the pressure of, you know, the more physical league, the travel, the heat, the foreign languages, the eating at McDonald's, whatever it is, right? They 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 kind of wither under that. Some guys perform extremely well and and become Golden Boot winners, um, but you never know. But that's the that's the beauty of picking up Map and Davis. Even though Map has a little bit of injury history right at the moment, you know what Davis did last year. You know what he did the year before. You know what he did the year before that. You know exactly how tough he is to play against, and you can't you don't expect a huge drop off from where he played last year. He played thirty some odd games last year. Yeah, he could do it again. And, this year. and being a proven league guy is is not a bad thing at all because you know what the travel's like, you know the what it's like to to go from Kansas City to Vancouver to DC in in, in the space of a week or even in the space of four or five days. You you just you you know what that's like, and you can pace yourself and your body accordingly. Uh, you're, and whereas you get guys come in from from England, which is basically the you know the size of a, a decent sized mall parking lot. Not I'm kidding, but you know where an away day might be a cross town coach trip, as opposed to the closest away day here being Dallas, Denver, Chicago. Um, there's a lot to be said for guys who know how the league works, how the how the the game is played in this league. And I, I think when when, uh, when you can bring in a guy. Who's still got some skills left in him and knows the league? That's a, that's a good pickup. And I'm saying the same thing with Map as well. If he can get back healthy, that's a good pickup because he knows the league. He knows what it takes to win in this league. And that's exactly where Vermees is looking at these guys. Is instead of spending money on an unknown, they're spending money on people who they know they are known quantity. They know they know exactly what they're going to get out of them because they've played against them. Um, yeah. Changing changing back to uh, part of our earlier conversation about what Map and Davis brings to us, and it's a it's a point that I I meant to bring up earlier. One of the greatest difficulties that Sporting's had the last few years is uh, teams figured out that you know hey we're they're a high press team, they're they basically throw the bus in front of the goal, ten guys and throw one out there and just try for counters, and if we don't get a goal at some point in the first half. We sporting ends up running the real risk of just giving up one counter goal and then having to press and end up losing a game or or drawing one. Davis and Map both have the skill to maybe unlock that bus and provide a little more play. I mean, Benny has that skill, but he wasn't always able to do it because of 
he was the only one that could do it. At least last year, uh, Zussi wasn't as healthy and as creative as he was a couple years before. But you have Mapp, you have Davis, you have those guys who could do that. Even if they're not starting, they could be on the bench. And, you know, you're you're 60 minutes in and you need to unlock the bus. Bring one of them in. Yeah, the, the more guys you have that can break down a defense, um, the better. And yeah, you know, and Phil Hopper was obviously saw his assist totals last year. He was he was pretty darn good at finding people with just ridiculous balls. But at the same time, if you get one or two more guys out there who are who are dismantling the uh, the bunker from from the get go, um, then yeah, with with the with the with the forward core they've got in Dwyer and Namit, um, then you, know, you give those guys a couple more three or four more opportunities a game. That's huge. Especially with Namit, who's who's an absolutely ruthless finisher. You give him the ball in a position to do something with it and he's gonna he's going you know, you, you rack him up another three, four shots a game, that's 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 big. So yeah, the more people you have to, to create those opportunities, to find those seams, to open up open up that uh that can I think that's that that bodes well for scoring chances of, of upping the uh, the offensive production next year. And throw in the fact that these guys are skillful enough passers that the uh, just just the actual possession should be able to go up. Also, you know, maintaining that ball, not giving it back up, um, not giving it away, you know, uh, moving it around and, and creating those openings. So it's. These are all good things that that bodes well for sporting, as long as these old guys can recover and still perform at the level that they're expected to. That's the big if, and that's the that's the, the that's the chance you take when you get a guy on the on the far side of thirty. You know how much uh, does the does the 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 body, you know the 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 brain is keeps getting keeps getting better, but the uh, is, can the body still do what the brain tells it to? As I, I joked earlier, um, with, with Benny now being over thirty, and and uh, now adding Davis and and, and Map, uh, Sporting could lead the league in wiliness, which is sort of code for you know the most white guys over thirty. Um, <laughs> but it's it the, the the that that is the question is is can the uh, the the brain you know and which is you know I've always thought that was silly because. You, you talk about a guy who who knows the game and is a completely wily guy. It's, it's Paulo Nagamura, um, and yep. it, and um, so I just, it's oh, making it uh, about him focus. too. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I we, of, we uh, forgot about Paulo. Yeah, uh, this question is um, what's uh, what's in the future hold for him? I would like to see Paulo in a. Uh, Player slash coach role or or into the into into coaching because that's the guy who absolutely knows the game, knows how the game ought to be played, um, has always played it just completely um, all the way in ter- in terms of, of, of putting himself out there physically, but he's got a huge wealth of game knowledge uh, of how yep. that game ought to be played, and uh, I was talking with. Uh, now Hankel, you know, at Town City Soccer, but you know, uh when when Sporting gets that uh that affiliation in Garden City, that, that PDL team, I, I think that, that 
Apollo would be an ideal candidate to go to go coach that thing because you know he knows Spanish, which you have to in Southwest Kansas. You're going to coach uh, right now. He knows the game, knows the game within the game. Um, and again, the travel, the the, uh, the the taking care of yourself, the the being a good teammate, things like that. Knows that stuff inside out, intimately. Um, I mean, you know, he said the guy defines a wily veteran to me. But um, it, as far as as this, especially, I don't know. Is he still? He was a free agent, was he not? Under the yeah. new under the new deal, I'm not sure what his situation is right now. Um, yeah, he's gonna... and what's weird is nobody's really asked about him. And I, I mean, we've we've all kind of. I know people have asked Heineman on Twitter about most of our, um, and he's kind of said, you know, he expects him back. Um, things like that, but I don't think anybody's asked about Naga. Yeah, I'm not sure. Again, if you could get Naga back in like a, a player coach, like a Josh Wolf type role, uh, where he's he's except the guy with, who actually puts out. <laughs> well, I, I think I think I think Josh when when Josh came back from from Germany, Josh was a little bit different than before Josh went to Germany. Um, so so I think there was there's a big difference there toward the end but in terms of, of being a, a, a guy who could work with the technical staff and uh still work as a player i think naga would put in the work on on both sides uh just with everything he had you know of course i think his family would like to see him at some point so i don't know how, how you know what he would think of that but uh, you talk about a guy who would throw himself into into both roles. I think he's right up there with with anybody else around the league in terms of a guy who who really is a, a player coach type. Yeah, I would. I know you talked about the uh, PDL team out in Gardner, and, and if that ever actually gets going, um, I haven't heard much about that for quite a while. But another option would be for him to be a player coach with the Rangers. Um, you know, he could still play with sporting he needed to. He could get coaching experience right there. Um, you know, being a coach. And while I know they're mostly looking for 18 guys who are on the upward tr- track, they probably wouldn't mind having one guy on the team to be the veteran captain, kick your ass when you aren't doing the right thing on the field. You know what I mean? Are you, are you saying that he'd be the sort of the Crash Davis of the sporting system then, to to uh, to kind of bar that, go be the guy who kind of picks out the uh, the promising young guys and and uh, camps on them and, and and teaches them the ways of of the league and and life and the game and everything. Yeah, I could see him doing that. Um, I think he's driving that. Probably, yeah, there's, there's probably no single player that. Uh, from within the system is so respected and so much more than outside. I mean, like the fans, a lot of fans like him, a lot of fans don't like him, and that's fine. But within the team, if you ask any player about Naga. I'm staggered at that assertion. I mean, it doesn't like him as it don't think he can still play or, or they don't like him as, as the way he plays or the guy or what? Because how, how can you not like the guy? From from what he's I, done I, over, the... not me, but I've seen fans talk about how he's just not very effective out there. He's just a waste of space. Um, I mean, they 
you know how you, you know uh, there's a certain amount of fans who are going to hate almost every player, but uh, like pe- people will hate Jacob Peterson because he's not the most skilled goal scoring machine, but you know he'll he'll give you everything he's got plus some uh, when he's out there. Naga is him with a with a more knowledgeable soccer mind, I guess perhaps, um, and you know in a more midfield role. And some people don't just don't see that he like he doesn't score a bunch of goals. You know he scored a couple this last year, but that's uh, you know that last year was his first headers that he scored, I believe. He yeah. scored a lot of Sorry. goals. Fans look at that sort of thing and like, hey, he's a midfielder. He's got to score. Nah, that's not the way it works, man. I tell you, if people want to want to want to get on Paul Nagamore, they need to look at that wall. It's soon to be Children's Mercy Park, and see those numbers up there, and and remember who put in the uh, the 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 cup, the Open Cup winner in in 2012, who came back from being hurt and missing a, a ton of time, came back in 2013 and just absolutely turned it on down the playoff stretch for the MLS cup run. And again, a guy who came up big in the, in the open cup final this year, I, I firmly mm-hmm. maintain that there are not as many numbers on that wall at, at the park. If, if Paul Nagamura is not in this team. Oh, I completely agree with you. Um, but, but Sorry, that's my, my original point was that you, <laughs> my original point was that within the team that you never talk to a player who doesn't go, Oh yeah. Naga is amazing. He's, you know, they uh, they all have just a tremendous amount of respect for him. Yeah, I think what I think several of them say they use the word awe, and they don't use it ironically because he's yeah. he's he's got uh, he's earned that respect. I mean, he's got he's got the the what the, the political commentators call gravitas. He's he's been, he's been through it all. He's acquitted himself well. He he's a, a great role model for young players. I mean, he's a guy you want your organization in some kind of capacity. I and mean, I really hope that they can, uh, you know, for sporting sake, if they can keep him around somewhere in that organization, it's going to be a good thing for them. Uh, you know, as a, as a player coach, as a, as, a, as a pure coach, as somebody working in the academy, Paulo Nagamore is a guy you want in your organization, even if, he, even if he's not got a whole lot of, of miles left in those legs. That's that's we're complete agreement there. That's why I was thinking player coach with uh, the Rangers. He could still be called up if he needed to be once in a while. He could teach these guys how to play the game the right way while he's on the field, gain coaching experience on his own, and you know maybe he then moves up to a different thing. But I, I've never actually asked him about his desire for coaching. So uh, he's one of those guys I don't know. I mean, there's people who want to coach someday, and there's people who never want to coach someday. There's people there, and there are people who should coach, and if he doesn't want to, somebody needs to talk him into it. That's just <laughs> somebody needs to talk the man into, into, into passing on what he knows about the game and how what he knows about how to play the game because he's just he's he's got great coach written all over him, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, we, again, we haven't we haven't talked about Map much because you know, he has kind of been an unknown quantity over the last year because of the injuries. But I think he's another one of those guys who has, has got a future in maybe in, in coaching the game because he has seen the the league uh so many so many teams and, and so many games in this league. He knows how the game is played around here. He's a guy that, that uh 
you know, maybe it's, it's a, a year in, in the in the Peter Vermees finishing school um, for future coaches is is, is going to be a real learning experience for him and in, in how the front office and, and, a, and a technical staff comes together. He's another guy that you could see um, passing on his knowledge to these young guys coming up as, as part of one of the best things he can do for the, for this team is to come in and not only, not only give him what he can in terms of minutes on the pitch, but also pass on the way to play the game. Borrow again from baseball. Look what Raul Ibanez did with the Royals. Didn't get on the didn't get on the field a lot um, the year they went into the the first year they made it to the series which was last year, but he came in showed them you know really how to how to play with confidence how to how to how to approach the game from a, a from a winning perspective instead of hey we're just glad to be here, um, and you, so you got guys like Map guys like Brad Davis who are kind of elder statesmen of the game. Uh, what they give you on the pitch and what they give you in the locker room, what they give these young guys, that's that's a nice combination to have. True. Um, and changing the subject again a little bit, not really was uh, ever on the intent, but speaking of guys who come in with a tremendous amount of knowledge, they just added Brian Bliss, a uh, guy who's yeah. you know was a player, coach, um, uh, you know, he's an interim coach. Actually, that's one of the scary things is every place he's been, he's been an interim coach when somebody got fired. Um, but he has a tremendous amount of knowledge at the academy level, youth level, uh, scouting, and he's went out and brought in some good players at Columbus and at Chicago. I've heard that if you look at the players that came in that were successful, they were Bliss guys. If they were the ones who weren't successful, they were the other people's guys. Don't know that yeah. for a fact, but no, Brian's got a good track record. Yeah, and and that's that's another um, a, a, another guy with with ties to the organization. Uh, guy who's, who's had had some success in Kansas City, uh, and is going to come in and make your organization uh, better just by by being a part of it. Uh, this is again. It's not. This is not the huge. We're gonna go get Gio Dos Santos. We're gonna get uh, you know some guy from from Europe who's gonna make a, a huge international splash. Hasn't been that kind of an off season again. But it's been a good, solid off season in terms of, of front office moves, in terms of of uh, organizational moves for Swope Rangers, uh, Swope Park Rangers. It's been. It's, I think it's been a good, solid off season for sporting. Again, not. Spectacular! Now the Davis thing has gotten it got trending on Twitter. It made it made a, it made a, a splash just because of good grief. You know, the, this guy is coming to to Kansas City a, a year after exchanging birds with the Cauldron, um, and playing for the club <laughs> where the fans absolutely loathed him. And 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 now you know here's gonna be, he's going to so there, there's that kind of a splash. But in terms of the the thing that's going to drop jaws in Europe, yeah, not there. But it's a good solid off season. As far as as far as I as I'm concerned, uh, be more well, solid. Most... Yeah, for Mustavar. Um, but it, going back to the Rangers for a second, it's been a really good season for them so far. The players that they've added are guys who can definitely contribute at the U.S. level, at the USL level, and look like they can contribute as, as in the future for at the MLS level, or at least a good chunk of them. 
Um, and, and they're going to be getting good coaching too. And again, you talk to you talk about a guy with a, with a soccer brain carries a magnet. And when he says he likes how a guy thinks, which is and 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 that he's in agreement with with the guy's philosophy, and 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 he's in the other guys in, in agreement with sporting philosophy, you can take that to the bank. Because Carrie Zavagna has a soccer computer behind those piercing blue eyes, and uh, <laughs> and uh, so they're going to be the the the, the Swope Rangers guys are going to be getting a heck of a coach in, in Mark Dos Santos, and so the the vertical integration of the organization, especially again once they get that from running in Southwest Kansas, the vertical integration of, of the Sporting Kansas City organization is going to be solid top to bottom from the academy stage through the PDL stage, through the USL stage, all the way up to the senior club. I think this is an organization that's very organizational, organization very structurally sound and and is good at bringing in the right people for the right jobs. Totally agree. Um, all right, we've probably went about as long as what we thought we were going to. Is there anything else we should bring up real quick before we uh, call it a night? Yeah, we can always discuss promotion and relegation, but I don't feel like doing that right now. <laughs> no, um, no, I think, I think it's today <laughs> was uh, to <laughs> today was it was it was a big day. I mean, it was it was uh, it was kind of again it was kind of surreal uh, with with the uh, the conversation with Brad on, on coming to Kansas City, but I think that's going to be a, a good transition. I, you know, remember when Davis was the one that delivered the ball. On Zussi's goal, that the, the goal that wrecked Panama and made Zussi a saint. And I asked him after that, "What's it like having Brad Davis come up and hug you?" And he said, "You know, hey, look, he's a good guy. He's a good teammate. What happens in the club stuff is just that's just club stuff. But he's a good guy and he's a good teammate, and and I like playing alongside him. That tells you a lot because uh, you know, Zussi is not a, he's not a gusher, but he's." He, He's uh, obviously holds Davis in pretty high regard, and I think that that speaks a lot uh, to the, the kind of guy that he's, the kind of teammate that he's going to be for sporting. Uh, he's going to come in and give Kansas City everything he he's got, just like he gave Houston every everything he had for all those years. So I'm excited to see how that how that all plays out. Yeah, and and I was just uh, before uh, this call, I was actually going through and, and listening to the uh, the the me the. Uh, press conference we had with Brad earlier and transcribing some of the quotes and stuff. And the one that kind of stood out to me, because, I mean, there was a lot of questions about, oh, you're doing this because you're family, you know, because you're moving closer to home. And, you know, the way jets are nowadays, you're just as far away from from flying to St. Louis as you are if you're in Houston almost, you know. Um, but the one quote in here, it says, I'm, um, I'm going to read this to you, so apologize for if this, but uh, I'm able to go back and play in front of my family and stuff like that, but by no means is this the only reason. Sporting KC is a great organization, and the emphasis was his. Great organization. They have a great team, have a winning pedigree, they have great players on the team right now, and I'm joining a team that is going to be extremely competitive this year. Again, the emphasis he put it as, this year, and that is what I'm looking for, or what I'm looking at. The family is definitely a part of it, but also looking at the team and the organization and moving forward, this puts me in a very good position to be successful as well. He's looking at this year, this team being successful. Mm -hmm. More so, I mean, I know there's going to be articles out there about how he's wanting to come back for his family or, you know, the fans or whatever. It's He's wanting to be successful this year. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about going out with a 
another MLS Cup ring. Yeah. And and uh you know, he's he's won those before and he'd like to he'd like to, to I think add to add to his legacy and he really can with 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 one more ring. Houston's not the place for him to do it this year. Um sporting offers him a good chance for that and I think he's he's gonna offer them some things that, that they haven't had uh in terms of that like you said, that combo guy who 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 can grit it up and then all of a sudden pretty things up with a with a beautiful ball right at the top of somebody's head. So yeah, gonna be gonna be a lot of fun to watch this year, especially as it shapes out in that midfield. Yep. All right. Well, it's been good chatting with you, Steve, because we really haven't had a chance to to chat since uh, the end of the season, or probably one of the other things since then. Um, we need to get these back going a little more frequently than I have in the last year. So hopefully, I'll have you on again soon. Uh, but yeah, good. it's kind of been a uh, already a, a good off season. So happy about it. All right. Yep. Been a, been a fun one. All right. Well, I will right. talk to you later. Thanks, All right. Steve. Thanks, Ed. And again, the Steve from MLSsoccer.com. So read his stuff. He's pretty good at that. All right. Thanks. Celebrate tonight. We're the final with the blows. You know we're gonna feel alright.